0: in 2016, scientists on Earth detected a fast radio burst from a distant region of space with no observable stars. The following transmissions were declassified by the scientific community and given to us to present as The Binary Saga. Log Entry Vela 67 Vela Rotat 2692 Cycle 8 of the 10th annul. Hey, hey, Siege. Well, well, well. I can't say I'm surprised about your announcement at all. For the last ten Rotats, I had begun to think that I was corresponding with the House Strassa Press Secretary for all the news about Andy that I was getting. Seriously, girl. You have had it so bad for him since day one that I think I could assist in writing his autobiography. Also, I think I just lost a bet with Joru since I was thinking Andy would follow more of the Elandra customs and hold off on engagement for a while still. I understand that both of you are still fairly young when it comes to Elithian relationships. I know it's different on Hymavina, but I still had your engagement at another five Rotats out. Hey, so any chance I could borrow 200 Kulits? I'm so happy for you, though. I'm only sorry that you had to go through all of the issues involving your vacation... If it makes you feel any better, I haven't seen any of those photos or reports of your exposure. Only news of your engagement, which has been taken very positively by almost all of Vela. You had mentioned that your engagement would be a long one. What does that mean? I thought the promise of marriage was just the precursor before the full ceremony. If you are committed to the relationship, why would you want to delay? You are obviously really into Andy. And I think he would cut his left claw off for you without hesitation. So why wait? There are a few thousand housters that are eagerly waiting for news of the whole elaborate affair. Yeah, they have a name for fans of the house relationships here on Vela. Javi keeps forwarding me all kinds of wideband articles about speculations on your relationship and news of your travels, all being reported by various housters. I'm almost positive that they have seen the photos you spoke about, but thankfully, I think Javi has helped to keep them off of my radar. That is not sort of the environment or situation that I would like to see photos of you in, so I have no plans to seek them out. Oh, while I'm talking about Javi, I don't know what I'm gonna do with him. While I was back home, I ran into Kane, and he told me that while he and Javi loved each other very much, he just couldn't keep up with the relationship with Javi's travels, and they decided to take a break. It's a shame, really. I liked Kane. And they were really good together. The one I'm most upset with is Javi. When I asked him about it, he just shrugged it off and said it was time to catch the next wave in the flow of his life. Before I left, I heard that he was having a fling with one of the ground crew at Trainor. He described her as nice and sweet. Actually, he described a few other things as well, but I doubt you want to hear those. I know I didn't. I think he's taking the break a little hard and is reacting in the typical Javi way. Well, he's going to have some time to think on things as he was selected to pilot a mission out to Key. They are using one of the MagSailcraft to make the trip, so he will be gone for a while. The mission is to retrieve the CS-2. The signal that we received was confirmed to be the CS-2 and it's operating on emergency reserve power as most of the systems were completely drained. The onboard SI is reporting the craft's status as normal, but it will need a refuel and recharge before it can go anywhere. Not to mention a full investigation done to the systems to find out why it appeared at Key and not Fenora. Javi's mission is to go out and tow the CS-2 to Tekor Havala, Takor Havala is a gas giant planet in our system. The asteroids orbiting TKH, as we call it, and the gases emanating from the planet will be vital in the refueling and recharging process. Which leads me to where I am right now. I'm on my way to TKH myself. My craft will be in charge of establishing the presence there and aid in the mining and refueling efforts. We are actually hauling one of the asteroid mining refineries to be placed in orbit there, as well as a number of drogue skiffs to collect elements from the planet's atmosphere. While it's not quite as far as a trip to Key, this is still going to be a long journey. We will be doing the usual orbit of the planet a few times until Javi and the CS2 arrive, and then swing back towards Vela after we have deployed all of the equipment. Most of what we were bringing will be used for future missions to harvest fuel and materials only found there. I don't know how much you are aware of the makeup of this side of the Iluda von La, but Ki is the furthest out there from our star. It's a small planetoid that is only slightly larger than a moon. The next would be Tekor Havala, which I mentioned. Being a gas giant, it's huge, as the name would imply. There are three small moons that orbit it, and a number of asteroids that circle the planet. And then you have Fenora, which I feel like we have talked about more than enough now. And Vela. Closer in to Van La would be Tora, which has no atmosphere and is fairly desolate. Then closest to our star will be Sevan If you want to avoid a hot environment, best to steer clear of those two. Remember how I said that it takes about an annul to travel to Fenora now? Well, TKH is further out. I am looking at about five annuls aboard the craft, and Javi is at almost a full rotat, just to get to Key. Thankfully, this is not one of my old prototype craft. With a full-fledged mission, I get to fly a finalized craft that doesn't have wires running across the floor and sections that are still under development. It's nice to be able to visit a fully finished and stocked galley and have a habitat ring that runs all the time. I love being in space, but you can get sick of and in zero gravity after a while. It's not pretty. The other great thing about this mission is that it's not lonely. We have a full crew complement. Three alternate pilots and one reserve, a commander that knows what he's doing, full medical staff, the works. As lead pilot, I am second in command, but since so many systems are now automated by the SI and the trip is essentially a drift till we arrive mission, it's a pretty easy gig. It's actually a good thing that we have a great full medical staff aboard. You have seen the size of the bunks from my previous vids, right? Well, shortly after our initial acceleration to cruising speed, I was catching up on some sleep when they had to do a minor course correction. The shift in gravitational forces caused me to slip to the side of my bunk, and it tweaked my shoulder in a way that's been causing me some pain. The doctors on board have given me some great meds to help me deal with it, but it may require a lot more physical therapy. They have some facilities on board just in case something really bad happens, but for now, I'm just surviving on pain meds and exercise. If I sound a bit distracted, it's because the stars keep dancing a little outside from the windows. Don't worry, I only use them when I'm off duty. I can't imagine the trouble I would be if I attempted to fly a craft while I was as high as a lupa. We'll be meeting up with Hobby's crew at TKH to get the CS2 recharged. At that point, we will transfer some of the crew from each of our mission rosters to the CS2 and they will initiate the magsail drive for all of us to return home together. The downtide is that I may still be away from home by the time your next message comes in. When I think about this trip, I'm reminded of the explorers of our ancient history. Imagine the early settlers that grew up on the small islands and on the mainlands of Sanoth and Senoth. They had no idea what was out there beyond their small villages. They just got on a skiff and sailed out to see what the next island held. That's what Javi and I are doing now. No one has ever been to Key or Tekor Havala. We are exploring regions of our space that no one from our home has ever visited. Granted, we have sensor data and telescopes now that can fill us in on what to expect, but seeing it with our own eyes is inspiring. Just like the ancient Velen's, we are seeking out new adventures, and eventually others will come out this way to establish stations, and people might even live this far out away from our home. Wow, this medication is really strong. I sent a message back to Mom to ask about Juniper’s attempt to help with the CS2. She confirmed that the relay station had received a request for clearance from Juniper’s fleet ID, and that it was granted from the council. They were actually fairly excited to have the first fleet come, at least towards Vela, and for the assistance in the recovery of the CS2. When queried about the possible infraction, the council confirmed that no such restrictions were placed on the von Law system from their side. Mom said that she would continue to investigate, but as you're well aware of, there is a significant delay in communications, even with the relay. I have to say that I'm a little shocked to hear yours and Raythea's attitudes towards the death of your attackers. Don't get me wrong, I completely agree with you that it's good that there's no chance that they will hurt anyone ever again like they did to you, but our history taught us that Haimavina has always taken a very hard stance on the concept of any sort of lethal punishment. We were told that all of Haimovina believed every life to be sacred, and that no matter the offense, justice was served by other means than fatal. Granted, I don't know how the circumstances of the demise of these individuals, but that both you and your school would be okay with this? Given your standing on the political scene of Haimovina, it's a little troubling and confusing. Due to the nature of our conversations, I haven't spoken of this to anyone. I can only imagine the concern that mom and the council would have over this sort of revelation. This is a big secret to keep. This sort of punishment rarely ever solves the root issue. These people may be gone, but there may be someone that persuaded them to commit those horrible acts, and they're still out there. I don't say that for it to be scary or intimidating, only that you shouldn't drop your guard. Now I'm sad to say that I have some potential bad news to report. I mention that it's only potentially bad because we still aren't entirely sure. The radio labs have been picking up some strange fluctuations coming from Van La. For a while now, we've been sending probes out towards Tora. These are used to bolster the surveying sensors from other stations and probes around the system. All of them confirm a potential event coming. There isn't a lot of information being shared as of yet, and the only reason I know anything is because I'm assisting the commander of this mission, and we're told to monitor our own sensors and see if we could help with deciphering what has been collected. Unfortunately, I don't have much more I can say about it. We will know more in the coming annuals. May the waves guide us. Jason thirty seven
1: Log Entry, Hi sixty eight. 2372, Age of Enlightenment Hey Jason, how is your shoulder doing? Hopefully you're feeling much better. I can't imagine how uncomfortable it must be to find a decent sleeping position in your tiny bunk while being in pain. You have my strongest sympathies, because I'm familiar with shoulder injuries, as you know. I'm jealous though, It sounds like you got better drugs than me. I do have a serious bone to pick with the VSA though. How did Javi get chosen to retrieve the CS-2, and not you? I'm serious. You have been broken, crushed, and almost drowned for this program. And they didn't even let the best pilot go and retrieve the craft? That's total skid. I'm sorry, if I seem a little punchy today. Work hasn't been great. In fact, my dad felt the need to send me a message through the Lithian Fleet's comms network that read, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> anyway, back to the VSA. I guess drift until we arrive is a good mission, but come on, you tested the CS1. Iria agrees with me, and says that she's giving you one final offer to come work for Verkstad, and will double the 200 kulits you lost to Joru. <laughs> I expect lots of pictures from your trip to Te Havala. As you can see, I need more art from my office. I can almost imagine what you are seeing as you fly around an enormous gas giant, all of the colors, and storms of a failed star. I don't remember. Does Te Corjovala have a ring like Rathiost? If it does, it's probably not cool. as this ring. <laughs> Look what I got back. The curator said I could have it for a week before it returns to Heimavina to go on display permanently. They have a bunch of rules, like I'm not allowed to wear it in public for fear it might get lost, but I have it right now. <laughs> I want to hear everything about the trip. What was the ride like? The food, what new hobbies you learned, torrid romances among the crew. And you know the rule, I need all the dirty details. <laughs> I love hearing about your adventures. Helgi and Juniper's space stories are the best, and I certainly enjoyed my time in space. <laughs> if you haven't heard yet, you soon will, but ECAL was folded into the Haimavala Aerospace Exploration Agency, known as HAXA. The new agency is headquartered here on Alondra, Outside the city of Ulsterson. The move has been rumored for a while, and it doesn't make sense to have two government spacing agencies. The majority of the positions were transferred over, and Uncle Helgi says that Hoet is a much better run agency than ECal. The merger just happened, so I have no idea what will be done with the Ecal facilities outside of Stromsheim or on Bradath. I was at Verkstad Brengard when the official announcement was made, and Helgi rallied all the former ECal employees in a conference room. And when I poked my head in, they were trading stories of Ecal's heyday and toasting the agency that all made them astronauts. Speaking of space, should I be concerned about the Von Law abnormal activity? Could it affect Aluta since we are a twin system? When I mentioned this to Helgi and Rees, they launched into some scientific conversation. But Helgi did say that HAXA's solar science division is first rate, and he hoped that the VSA will reach out to them. So have you noticed this cool bruise on my cheek? Sam, the head of Hausmanstrasse's security chief, has insisted that we continue my training in Naro contact. contact. is an ancient close-contact fighting technique that focuses on incapacitating your opponent. As you know, I've had some real-life practice using this. Apparently, the Lithian Space Marines use it too, which is what Sam used to be prior to working for Hausmanstrasse. Arya, my bodyguard back home, taught me but we sparred with pads, and she always pulled her punches. Sam does not, and he says that it makes you weak. (laughs) I earned this bruise the other day during training because I got cocky after I tossed Kai, who was more than a foot taller than me, like a stuffed toy, and I dropped my guard just as Sam swung at my face. I was laying on the mat with a bloody lip and laughing when Sam stood over me and said, "'And what was the lesson?' (laughs) The twins and Kai were laughing until Lucas made the same mistake. Needless to say, the next family meal with the staff was hilarious because Sam relished in telling stories of everyone's lessons. (laughs) Speaking of Kai, he and Mari are still here. Kai has been working out of Verkstad-Brenngaard and Mari is working out of the House Jorgensen new offices. Everyone is doing their best to convince them to move here. Raythea, who considers them family, has insisted They make the guest house, where they've been staying, their permanent place. Mari asked me, because I'm technically her boss, for an official transfer to Alondra as lead advocate. I said okay. (laughs) And they're not the only ones making the move. After the merger with the Empire, there have been a mass exodus of Hymovenans moving to the Lithian system. The Samcoma is paying for any Hymovenan family to move to a planet of their choice in the Lithian system. Clever, right? I'm actually surprised I haven't opened it up to Vela yet. This planet Sarvara might be perfect for Vellans. It's very humid and over 80% water. Anyway, rich Alithians are buying property on Hymovena as vacation homes or rentals. They are paying ridiculous prices, and the Hymovenans are cashing in. I don't know the exact number, but a lot of people have made the move. I mean, look at me. I'm still on Alondra. Granted, it's the new seat of power, and my dad says I have to be here. In fun news, the Noofs Park family is growing. My cousin Soren and his wife Jess just welcomed their first baby. He is an adorable little nugget. And we were all over there for the party when little Cassin was being fussy. And Kai picked him up, and Cassin immediately calmed down and eventually fell asleep in Kai's arms. Kai, the baby whisperer. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) And now Mari and Kai can't wait to become parents. But even Lithian medical advancements can't speed up nature. Mana can't reproduce until around age 50. The obstetrician told them that she knows that they are disappointed, but they have a lot of time to practice. <laughs> Heather and Max are also here on a long visit. Heather is doing a rotation at the children's hospital, along with her younger sister, Dahlia, who is also an obstetrician. Max is training with Team Lulea, and the next interplanetary Empire regatta is in Brengard in a few months. So all of the teams are training on the bay. It's really cool to watch them practice from the beach at the compound. And just so you know, the Alithian teams are still terrible. (laughs) Babe, did you hear me? They're still terrible. (laughs) But it's great having everyone here. And they all adore Andy's friends. We were a little worried, because you never know. There are lots of strong personalities in our circles. But so far, so good. We've had a couple of very animated conversations about politics and core beliefs, Vela, and solving the problems of the Empire. Gaius is the only other house member in Andy's group. He's a nephew to the heir apparent of House Hughesby. Max says he enjoys that there are other non-house members and is finally not the odd one out. Gaius and Joel, who usually live on the Hughesby estate, bought a place on the water after Andy told them how much we loved having our own place in Hopnina. I attach a couple pictures of the spectacular views and everyone together. As predicted, Bran is quite smitten with Dahlia. They keep sneaking off to talk to themselves and sit close together. It's very cute. I remember that stage, the butterflies I got when we made plans, holding hands under the table at brunch. Mm, Those memories make me smile. But I would rather be where we are now, completely in love and engaged. Yes, it will be a long engagement because we're always working (laughs) no no we're gonna wait until at least after the house summit so we can avoid all the house political drama besides we're in no rush and we have forever also the moms are duking it out and each have ideas and options about when which planet and which rituals we could tell our moms no because it's our wedding but they're really enjoying themselves any word on the space hotel We definitely want to have the dual stag party there. Plus, I promise Javi, if he can out drink the twins, Mari, Heather, and I will make out with him. (laughs) What? (laughs) All right, yes, I will tell him. Joel's production company helped produce a film and asked us if we could come and help them get good press. I, not so secretly, have always wanted to attend a film premiere, as they always look so glamorous. I don't know why they needed us for press buzz. This was a mega event. The street was blocked, and the invitees had to exit the vehicles in front of screaming fans. They cheered for us too, and we took some pictures with people on the railings, and it was weird. Maybe it was those housers you've told me about. We had to walk the press line, and we were photographed like nothing I've ever seen on Haimabina. Anyway, Guys and Joel greeted us inside the theater and introduced us to a bunch of famous film stars. While the film stars all treated me like a matriarch by bowing, I was completely starstruck and gushed like a fangirl. But here's the punchline, Jason. I can't even tell you how horrible the film was. No, I'm completely serious. I have never seen a worse film. I get it that I'm from another planet, but I was totally lost.
0: Wait, wait a minute. Wait,
1: hang on, clean. Move over. Hey, Jezun. Uh, Cicela's telling the truth, but if anything, she's kind of underselling it. It was dreadful. The tricky bit was after the film, and we had to walk back through the press line, which meant we got asked what we thought about the film. It's Joel's production company, so I couldn't say it was the worst thing I'd ever watched. I'm always impressed with the skill at which Andy can spin utter nonsense and make it sound great. Well, I, I told the press the truth. I said I was impressed by the commitment to the arts and passion behind the project. I'm an advocate and a lobbyist. My job is to be persuasive, but Cecelia was masterful. Oh, well, I said that I believed that there was a niche market for the film, and was just incredibly thrilled to be invited to such an amazing event. <laughs> A brilliant fiance, everyone. Misses Jason. Bye babe. <laughs> I'm attaching a preview to the film because I don't think you'll believe it until you see it. <laughs> well, living here has been an education, Jason. This is not the world I grew up on. And the Lithian houses follow the ancient ways, known as the house rules and rights much more closely than customarily on Heimavína for centuries. The house rules predate ancient civilization at a time of citizenda by a millennia. House and old family members learned these growing up. Anyway, these traditions range from protocols for alliances, to the Shampa, to martial competitions in response to an offense. The last known ancient Shampa on Haimavina was actually called by my great-grandmother Jana more than, I don't know, 300 years ago? And before you ask, no, it wasn't to the death. (laughs) It was just a fight like the one you got suspended for. Yana won, but not long after the practice was abandoned as barbaric. And that's about as much as I'm allowed to tell someone outside of a house, as we were sworn to absolute secrecy for everything else. But honestly, the rest of the traditional rituals don't make much sense anyway. I think traditional families like mine, most especially the Jorgensen side, and many Lithians feel closer to the ancients through these traditions. Much like the La Arvasek. It makes sense to them, but not necessarily to others. When these stories find their way to the general public, it always sounds worse than it was, or just made up. Max actually thought Jana lopped off someone's head with our ancient sword and was murdered in a dark alley in Old Stromsheim. Jana <laughs> was tough but she fell from the roof on the estate's main house cleaning icicles right after I was born. She died laughing, saying, Tell Vera she was right. I was too old to be up there. (laughs) Where was I going with this? Oh, right. So the Illithian head of houses and scions follow the same rule of thought as Iria when it comes to galas. They don't attend. Which means I haven't been to anything like that here. One of the consequences of this... Is I don't know what these people look like, and no one really knows what I look like in person, unless they follow the gossip broadsheets, which seems to be beneath most of the older population. Like you said, I can't let my guard down, because every day I'm learning that the Empire is a much more complicated world than Hymavina. Instead of attending galas, the Elithian elite hosts private parties, usually around the holidays. Last month, we attended a St. Linnea holiday private party, at the House Hagen compound, in the high desert of the Salona continent. I was speaking to Daya Yowlin, of all people, when I felt a hand caress my back. I leaned into the hand, thinking it was Andy, but I turned into the arm of an incredibly striking Illithian man, with beautiful hair, nearly as long as mine. And he looked down at me and said, How did I miss meeting you? Your fragrance is intoxicating. Daya and I have both dealt with lechers, like Prime Minister Kreskin, for years, but even she knew we were in uncharted waters. She offered to refresh our drinks, and asked if I would like Bjor or Vin, and I thought her code was clever, because she meant, did I want Vera or Raythea's assistance? We were on Alondra, so I asked for Vin. Then I clasped my hands and I turned back into him with a coquettish grin and said, We haven't met. I would have remembered your lovely gray eyes. And he continued to caress my back and look me up and down and introduced himself as Bjorn, head of house Laurelin. Jason, all I could think about was frost. Of course, he's a head of house. And I ran through all the ancient house rules in my head. With his other hand, he brushed my cheek and quietly said, You're exquisite. We can be on Varon before sunrise. And then he leaned down and gently brushed his nose against my ear and whispered, Because I'd really love to have you for breakfast. I made myself blush and tried not to touch him as it would be taking offense against his house. And I said, Lord Thorland, I'm flattered, but my fiancé likes to have me for breakfast. He has a prodigious appetite, and there's just not enough of me to go around and he laughed out loud. We tossed a few more innuendos, and he looked at me with a mix of desire, hunger, and, I don't know, something else. He finally asked my name, just as we heard, Bjorn, my dear, I see you've met Anduin's fiancée, Cecilia Jorgensen Neufspark. And his eyes went wide, and he quickly moved his hands behind his back. Bjorn smiled at Raythea as they exchanged pleasantries. And he smiled at me and bowed his head and said, It's finally nice to meet the shield maiden of House Jorgensen. And I felt Andy slide his hand in mine. He congratulated us both on our engagement, and Bjorn excused himself, but as he turned to leave, he glanced down at me and winked. Once Bjorn was out of sight, Andy growled. <laughs> Back at the Venstrasse compound, Raythe explained that Bjorn is incredibly cunning and over the years has acquired all of the houses on Veron in hostile takeovers. Vera asked about his scion, and Raythea just laughed and said it was his eldest daughter, Janine, who's just a brawler and likes to pick fights for fun. Raythea commended me for handling him better than anyone, and she says that he knows that he just broke the house rule by touching a scion. And Andy said, well, yes, it's because I'm going to bury him. <laughs> Vera chuckled and patted Andy's arm. Raythea said that she had a much better plan, and that we all had to trust her. Andy and I decided we weren't going to get flat-footed again, so we've been putting together our own dossier of the 17 Illithian houses, like Lillian Fiasa did for me before my premiere. It's become a second job. Raythea has filled in a lot of gaps in the Illithian house lore, and details about various families. Gaius has also been helping, and his position outside of the family line of secession means that he can get information without causing trouble for his house. Houses keep their secrets, well hidden, and most of the stories can be chalked up to rumors or hearsay. But we're making progress. The Illithian houses have seemed to have forgotten how dangerous a baby ice lion can be. (laughs) Well, I hope you're safe out there, and I'll be watching my back here. Love always. CJ, H38.
0: Log entry Vela 68, Vela Rotat 2693, Cycle 5 of the 9th Annual. Hey, hey, Siege. Thanks for asking about my injury. I'm feeling a bit better now that we are stationed above Tekor Havala. We have to rely on the habitat ring for gravity, so much more of the craft is operating without. Now that I look back on my last message, I realize that I was a bit too hyped up on pain medication and totally forgot to tell you about the craft I'm on now. As I mentioned, the medical staff on board were able to take care of me quickly and I barely had to stay in the med bay for long before I was released for duty. That section is really a lot like a small hospital. There are four dedicated doctors assigned there. I made sure to go in on the third shift since I like Cola a lot more than some of the others. She is also from CNR, and we were able to talk about various places we missed from back home. I joked about asking her out one evening, and she laughed and quoted to me, VSAMD 5643, and then whispered about VSACM 329. The first is some regulation about doctors and patients not allowed to date. The second is about how command personnel are discouraged from forming interpersonal relationships with those under their command. I laughed with her, and we went back to normal small talk. This would be why Javi was more than excited to skip out on this mission and took the trip to Key. You see, it wasn't a VSA decision for me to come to TKH. It was mine. I saw that this was an opportunity for a higher role in the mission, even if it is only second in command it's a great chance for improvement. When I told Javi that I wanted this mission, he was relieved and jumped on the key mission instead. He laughed and said, command has its perks, but it also has a lot of drawbacks. Now I'm starting to see what he meant. I like leading the team on board and giving advice to new pilots, but Berat este corban fa noho in de corse. While that sounds more elegant in Velen, I think in your language, it translates into something like, heavy is the butt that sits in the seat. I'm sure that Juniper has told you all about the different sections on her craft, so it will probably not be that surprising that many of those same sections exist here. Each section exists in its own pod that runs down the central spine of the craft. The pods rotate depending on the direction of thrust so that they can operate in normal gravity. Along the spine, there are a few habitat rings that are for standard orbits and docking. At the front, we have the command deck and the operations pods, where I normally hang out for work. Next back is the medical and science labs, where I had to spend some of my trip, as I mentioned. After that, there are the pods for hydroponics and cargo, then engineering and maintenance. Towards the back of the craft, we have the general crew quarters and recreation pods, They have quite a few pools for relaxation. You can always tell when we have been docked or in orbit for too long, because when we are stationary, only the habitat rings provide gravity, and our pools are closed off because trying to swim in zero gravity is nearly impossible. I don't know if you realize this, but Velen's start to get a little cranky when they can't swim. Personal tubs just really aren't enough. At the back of our craft, which is named Erasi, is the shuttle area. On a mission like this, we are carrying four shuttles for moving people and equipment between the various platforms we are deploying and for scouting the area around our orbit. I have been itching to get out there, but as a command level officer, I have to let my team have that opportunity first. I know there will be time for me later. As much as I am jealous of Javi being able to rescue the CS2 and see Key for the first time, he really is just a glorified tow skiff driver whereas I get to establish a new facility around TKH that will be used for many Rotats to come. So while Iria is more than welcome to fight the VSA to get me, and I totally believe that is a fight I would love to watch her win, because, let's face it, you and I both know she would win, I feel like I'm building a better career and an environment for all of Vela with what I'm doing. Sadly, Tekor Havala does not have any rings, like Radathiosk. We don't have any ring planets on our side of the system, so we just have to admire yours from a distance, much like you have had to admire that ring from a distance. Well, at least until now. I'm glad you at least get some visiting rights for my gift. Hopefully, one day, when the Trade Commission establishes all sorts of things to be sent to and from Haimovina, items from here will be much more commonplace, and maybe you can get it back full-time. I still think it was worth all of the harsh words and stares I got from Mom and the rest of the council. It looks stunning on you. But then, you would make anything look amazing. <clears throat> well, um, Tekor Havala. Yeah, uh, it's not nearly as exciting as some of the other planets in our system. To be honest, it really is just a big brown ball of swirling gas. Well, TKH is not that impressive. What is impressive are the views around it. This far out from Van La, you can see so much further into space than we can back home. We have been able to see and plot out various nebula and even other galaxies in the distance. I managed to take some photos for you. Make sure you look at them on a high-resolution vid screen and zoom in to see all of the detail. We have been in orbit now for almost a full annul as we wait for Javi and his craft to arrive. The trip here was mostly uneventful. It's strange when you think of traveling between planets. The vid shows always play up that you're seeing planets and stars streak past you at an incredible speed, and you can see all sorts of things at the viewports. In truth, there's nothing out there. The planets are so far off that you don't even really see them until you're close enough to steer against their pull. Since we are trying to plot a direct path, we are avoiding other planets on the way, so the view is just empty space. We can see Fenora and even Vela, but they show up as pinpricks in the night sky. To help with the potential for anxiety, the whole crew does various activities together. Since we're at a constant VSG, walking around the craft or performing the usual tasks feels normal. We exercise, socialize, and entertain each other as best we can. Everyone watches each other's scales and helps out those that need it. The scientists are loving it because they have all the time they need to run all of their experiments. We had a brief few cycles midway to TKH, where we recalibrated the magsail and were pushing against the gravity well of the planet to slow down. For those cycles, gravity gets a bit weird as the pods all rotate to orient themselves to the new thrust. The habitat rings would spin to compensate so our living quarters would remain normal. The doctors have been all over me due to my shoulder injury, which allows them to see how the body can heal in space. It wasn't quite so bad while we were in the first part of transit, but as soon as we started to reorient, they were fascinated to learn more about my body's ability to heal in changing gravity. Even now, I have to wear this silly monitoring device. The thing itches like crazy. It sounds like there are a large number of people on Haimovina that are moving out to Alandra. Is there going to be anyone left there if we can ever make it that far? Is Alandra really that ideal of a place that it entices such a mass exodus? You mentioned all of those who were leaving, but none of the Alithians desire to live on Hymavina. It sounds like abandonment. The way you always describe your homeworld sounded like a paradise, and I can't imagine wanting to leave it to live in some overpopulated, empire controlled space. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I hope you come home soon and are not lured by all of the promises made there. If you left for good, then it cuts off any hope of someday seeing you in person. I would understand, of course. Everyone must follow their own path, whether chosen by them or for them. This must have been what it was like for my mom when I moved out. She knew she couldn't stop me, but wanted me to stay home. Time changes all things, I guess. It sounds like your wedding plans are in full stroke. It may happen before you even realize it if you leave all the workings to the Council of Moms. Before you can see the first ripple of a wave, you are going to be in the middle of your ceremony wondering how you got there. Of course, vid shows from Haimavina mention how stressful the planning can be, so maybe it's not such a bad thing to just be able to show up. As for the hotel station back at Vela, you may have to wait a bit longer. When I left, it was still under heavy construction. They haven't even given it a name yet or announced when it might be finished. Everything is still showing concept drawings and grand plans. The company that is working on it is a cooperation between multiple vacation spots around Vela all working with the VSA. With that many people involved at the upper end of the river, you can imagine how long it takes to make any sort of decision. I guess you'll just have to delay your wedding for a while still. You should be careful at even the thought of offering Javi any sort of drink. I have seen him make out with an entire room full of people when he's drunk. From what I've heard, he's a pretty great kisser, and before you know it, he may steal Andy away from you. Or Mari from Kai. Actually, now that I think about it, he may try to steal both. I wouldn't worry too much, though. I know Javi likes to share. Sometimes a little too much. He should be arriving here in the next few cycles, actually. We will all be in orbit here while the CS-2 recharges and they continue the investigation of what happened on board it. The preliminary investigation showed that the engine was completely drained of power and the onboard system was at the last bit of reserves. They attached the tow lines and set out to meet us. When they get here, we will do a little bit of crew shuffle to mix things up on board each craft and provide a small crew for the CS-2 to operate its own mag sail for the return trip. Javi will stay aboard his vessel, the Torma, and I will remain on the Arasi. But while we refuel, we will be able to mingle between the two. All of our pilots will be busy shuttling personnel and equipment between the new mining station and the craft, but I'm sure we will find some time to have some fun. That's just what we do. I know the science team is eager to get into the CS-2 systems and see what went wrong before we get back home and the VSA takes over. I've been seeing some reports from back home about the strange readings from Von La. We are a ways away from there, so I don't know how current the data is, but it appears that there is a large solar flare erupting from the star, and it actually could cause a number of problems back home. The initial reports washed it off as a standard flare with no potential for concern, but the latest readings showed that it could be so much worse. The Council has ordered an emergency evacuation of some of the less populated areas to various city centers where they are deploying a modified version of the MagSail. I think I mentioned that the MagSail operates much like the magnetosphere of a planet. It deflects solar wind and uses it to propel our craft. Well, when placed on Vela, it should act as a sort of shield from solar wind and radiation. Each city center and population hub is receiving a version of the MAG shield that should cover it completely. The problem with this is the amount of power that would be required. Out here, we use the solar arrays to power the sails and collect energy as we go. Van La is always visible to us, and the converters absorb the radiation in a way that we can use it as well. Vela doesn't have that capability. All of the fusion plants have been running past normal capacity, and they have even brought back online many of the geothermal and solar farms from ages ago. Once the storm passes, they may experience power outages in various areas for annuals to come as reserves are built back up. It's so strange hearing all this news and knowing that it's well over a few quarter tides old and that something may have already happened there. If someone decides that they don't want to take shelter under one of the shields, it could be catastrophic for them. It may not even be apparent at first, but crops will die and people will get sick. From here, there's nothing we can even do to help. I don't know what I would be able to do, but being out here, which, oddly enough, is one of the safest places for us to be, we're just left to watch as Van La unleashes a wrath on our home. (sighs) Enough of that. I need to change the topic. Most of us here have been trying to avoid talking about what might or might not happen. So, I have considered contacting the council to see if I could submit a complaint against Haimovina, and ask that the council consider cutting all ties with your planet. The reason? For sending such a horrible film clip. Really, that could be considered in our culture as an act of war. The problem is, I don't know who I would lodge the complaint against the creator of the film or you for sending it. I applaud your natural talent at being able to skillfully avoid saying anything damning in public. I'm fairly sure that I would have vomited in front of the cameras and asked if I could submit the production of said vomit as a contender against the film as I think it would stand a good chance of winning. Of course, I will be forcing Javi to sit down and endure the clip you sent because, like you, I'm also a horrible person. May the waves guide and protect us. Jason38.
1: You have been listening to an episode of the Binary Saga. The part of CJ is played by Vanessa Shannon Anderson. The part of Jason has been played by Steve Petricelli. Andy Vinstrassa is played by Paul Anderson. Music by Eric Matias and Soundimage.org. Thank you to our Patreon members, Rob and Mary Carnahan, and Samantha. If you like what we're doing, please consider visiting our Patreon page, which can be found on the Where to Find Us menu on our website. We have multiple levels of support, with a lot of fun new features, like transcripts and photos. Or if you just want to donate to our Café, Bjor, and Sidris funds, it's always appreciated. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook with at the Binary Saga. Want to ask us questions? You can find us on Discord for Generals Chat. Find all of these links and more information at binarysaga.com. You can read the print version for the entire first and second season in Kindle or paperback on Amazon. Print versions will include extra stories and background information. Just search for The Binary Saga.